Hello, hello. My name is Carla and welcome back to the Becoming Her podcast. And today we have a lovely guest. This is going to be a segment on finances, money and all of that jazz. So if you can go ahead and welcome in Kirsten, she's in the room. (laughs) Hi, Carla. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so grateful. No, I'm grateful for you. I know that you are a busy woman. I know that you have a lot of projects going on. And I'm just so thankful that you get to be a part of this podcast and this community. I know my ladies are going to be learning a lot from you. Um, So with that being said, let's go ahead and start with some introductions. Would you mind introducing yourself? Like, what do you do for a living? How do you how did you get on TikTok? Um, and you know, your goal with your community, because you have a pretty big following on TikTok. Yes. So I am a money mindset coach. Um, I'm certified trauma of money instructor. My passion is really on empowering others to transform your relationship with money in terms of creating content. So I actually started on TikTok, um, posting about personal finance back in 2021. So I'm an ex-financial advisor. I was licensed for about six years. And something that I noticed was there was a gap on money talk in the sense that I noticed there was like both ends in the sense that there was a lot of like men I would notice like posting about like stocks um, and this and that and a lot of information around in terms of like what we think traditionally about personal finance, budgeting, managing your money, all of these things. But I noticed there was a gap and beyond taxes and rate of returns, I didn't see a lot of people talking about the psychology of money in terms of the the, um, psychological aspect, the emotional aspect and how they related to money. So that was something that I really wanted to change and impact. Um, When I started pursuing my certification as a trauma of money instructor, I actually pivoted in the content that I was creating because I wanted to really help empower people on a different level and changing the way that they related to money and their finances. Awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely when I first saw your uh, talks, you were so, I mean, you still are very welcoming and very used. You talk about money as if it's a relationship, which is one of the questions and one of the core questions that I want to ask you today. Um, Whenever you speak about money, you speak about it as a relationship. You've mentioned terms like avoidant attachment, anxious attachment. Why is that? Yes, absolutely. So in terms of attachment styles, I would definitely say that it is very similar to our romantic relationships in the sense of that people, when they have insecurities within a certain relationship, that looks like a lack of confidence and someone that lacks self like trust in others and being there for them. And also in a lack of trust in that money is secure. Money is going to be able to support their lifestyle or that it's not as easy to make money. Um, Usually a few symptoms of someone that has an anxious attachment style with their finances can look like being a workaholic or um, in terms of being excessively frugal or compulsively spending um, because there's like this fear, the subconscious fear at the back of people's heads that they're not going to have enough money. That's why they feel they have to overwork or they impulsively spend and they have anxiety. 
interesting. Mm-hmm. And you know, that that's a great segue with one of the belief systems that I was going to ask you about. We hear all the time, or at least from my background, from my parents who were middle class, they would always tell me, you need to work harder to make more money. But now that I'm older, I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of shifting within that mindset. What would you say to people that have this belief system of work harder to make more money? Yes. So when it comes to that, I completely agree with you because as a daughter of immigrant parents, um, I grew up with a very hearing that similar mindset in my environment around me. So ultimately, like what I did was I started to question myself. I started to look inside and that is something that I would ask others thinking about if you're an entrepreneur, how can I build a company and still prioritize self-care and pleasure? How can I increase my income with ease? I think that's a belief that we need to work hard for money. It holds us back actually from expanding um, financially because it holds you back from thinking bigger and increasing your income because you feel that the only way to increase your income is to work harder and you're missing some of the most beautiful and underrated aspects of actually growing your income, which is delegating. It's building a community, building a great network, great relationships, um, creativity, automation, integrating systems. Um, And that's actually a reason why I think a lot of people, they are not motivated by growing their income or making more money because they think I need to give up everything. Um, I'm not going to be able to connect with my family and friends the same way I do when the reality is that that belief, um, that you need to work hard for money. It comes from the belief that we are not good enough to make the money that we want with ease. But the question that I have for others is what if we can make more money by focusing on our attention on the activities that lead to more income? What activities mm-hmm. do I need to focus on to increase income? And who would you be if you gave yourself permission to make money with ease? Right. And you know what? That's so interesting that you're saying all this because I just finished doing a coaching program with one of with my business coach and she was telling me verbatim what you're telling me. And it took me six, really six weeks to finally grasp and understand the concept of like, what if you could just make money with ease? Like it doesn't have to be hard because it's still, it's still hard for me. I'm going to be so honest. It's still hard for me to take this belief system out of my little, my little inner child self of being like, you don't need to work as hard until, you know, I did this coaching program and she was like, um, Carla, girl, you don't need to stress yourself out. You don't need to overwork yourself. Divine delegation was what she was telling me. And I was like, oh my goodness, you are totally right. Um, And it it does take a whole community to build a good business. It takes a whole um, community to have systems systems in place for you to build that life of ease. And you know what? I noticed that once I started getting more creative, once I started having this space to do what I love to do, I started generating ideas and those ideas started generating income. So I completely agree with you with what you're saying. And it's, it's amazing to see it manifest in real life because you think it's like, oh, they're just being silly. But no, the psychology of money is very, very important. Absolutely. I'm 100% with you because once you identify certain beliefs and behaviors, 
we can really ask ourselves, like, in what ways is that belief or that action um, benefiting or serving me? Like, if we're procrastinating or we're anticipating to do something that's going to ultimately help um, serve the better version of ourselves. Right. And I completely, I completely agree with you. And, I, and I'm learning this as well. So that's why when I, when I met you, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, she's, she's an expert here. I want, I want to um, elevate just like she is elevating, um, which leads me to my next question. Let's be real. What got you into this money mindset? Did you always know you were going to do something with money? So what got me there was my background as uh, a financial advisor. When I started working with precisely a lot of middle income families and starting to help them in terms of planning out for retirement, planning out saving for their kids' education, I saw what my clients were facing at the time and beyond taxes and rate of returns, I was absolutely fascinated and intrigued why were some people that were making pretty good money in terms of as analysts or as project managers or these other great positions they had in corporate America, why were they struggling to retain more money or with impulse spending? Mm -hmm. Why were some people struggling to negotiate a raise at work? I was shocked at seeing some people that were so talented and gifted (laughs) let me put a break on that okay so here's the thing right so it's gonna get a little personal here for a second i'm going to going back to asking a raise at work right so i've been going through this journey with my husband as well because as i'm leveling up i'm learning all these concepts and bringing my husband along with me um i wish i could say my husband knows all these things but he doesn't we're both very young and um it's pretty amazing because my husband's like okay well i don't know a lot of it but i support you so like teach me and it's it's a beautiful process that we're going through right now because i i kid you not if you guys think to all, all my ladies if you guys think the word worth doesn't come you know if you if you guys get annoyed at me saying like know your worth know your worth discernment my husband hears this on repeat because I tell my husband this all the time um and it goes with everything like knowing your worth knowing your value goes with everything and we just had a recent breakthrough with one of my husband's jobs because they were paying him they're paying him okay but my husband's like I am a great Um, employee I know what I'm doing like I'm excelling in every single area in this business I need more and it took him about six months for him to realize that he's worth more and because of his confidence and because of the way that he carries himself now uh, he's not afraid of asking for a raise and it's a beautiful thing once you kind of like uh, don't how do I say this like not disassociate yourself with money but like recognize your worth because then money just follows you with it does that make sense yes absolutely I 100% believe with you and that's the thing it goes beyond anybody can read in terms of negotiation sales there's so many great books um like Chris Voss anybody can read never split the difference in that aspect but a lot of the times it's more of like the subconscious belief system that actually like hold, subconsciously holds people back from not negotiating in terms of their compensation packages, um, in terms of certain offers. And the thing is like, a lot of the times there's a few different blocks that come that compromise people's salary in terms of thinking, oh, I'm only successful as the amount of money I make, or I need more certifications to make more money, or things like I'm, if I'm not being, um, 
uh, I'm being too greedy by asking for more. So it's really about shifting those blocks and doing proper research and understanding, hey, you know what? I can't ask for what I want. I'm absolutely 100% more than enough to negotiate and feel empowered, step into my power and say, you know what? What I've been receiving is maybe is maybe um, matches a prior identity, a prior version of who I was. But I have more experience now. I bring more to the table and I know my strengths. Right, right. And and how do you recommend for people to really step into that? Like, what are the first steps? Because it's pretty scary. Like, if you're either the breadwinner or if you uh, you know contribute to the house bills and things like that, it's kind of scary to be like, okay, well, if I ask for a raise, does that does that mean that I'm not content? Like you start having all these self doubt uh, kind of just thoughts crawling up into you. But what would you recommend for people to do if they know that they're worth more? How should, how should they manage their thoughts? Yes. So in terms of like the tactical side, when it comes to salary negotiation, I would a few different steps that I would recommend or is research do proper market um, market analysis comparison comparables just like when you're going to buy a house know what in terms of what what other people other companies around are paying in that aspect um, identify second step out is identify an ideal moment to negotiate um, and figuring out a proper salary range and closing a deal um, in that next aspect and really to start asking yourself okay what if who would I become? And ultimately, if I was able to X and X and X, ask for this and this, because I think a lot of the times, the hardest part is really just creating that separation between who you, how you've seen yourself for so long, so many years, and then creating that separation between the, the version of you that you're becoming, that you're stepping into. So really just creating that gap and thinking, you know what, that prior version of myself, that was what they thought they thought they should receive. But now I recognize, you know what? That's what I've been told I should um, I should be making, I should be receiving. That's not my belief. That's not my choice. That's simply that I adopted and I embraced, uh, mm-hmm. I embraced as my own belief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no. I, and I, that's so funny that you're saying this because that, that was one of the exercises that I had to do for this coaching program. My coach was like, okay, you were making this month, this much a month. Where do you want to be in the next couple of months? Where is Carla going to be in three months? Whatever that energy is like, whatever you envision, that's how you have to start acting now for you to get to that point. It is crazy. That is insane. Um, which leads me to my next question in one of your videos you state that even if you make more money within six months that doesn't guarantee wealth would you mind diving into what wealth means and specifically what it means to you yes for me i would say in terms of like specifically for me like wealth is being able to have freedom of choice Um, that's how I personally define abundance for me. It's not specifically like a number in terms of, I don't know a lot of people, that's how they define retirement, like on the tactical side of money. But for me, it's having choices. It's having options. It's being able to feel at peace with money and not feel stressed, but feeling that money is a friend that I can trust. Money has my back in that aspect. 
um, and we're at peace with each other. We are great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. And you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to cut you off real quick. Do you think this whole mindset right now with like eat the rich is kind of like killing that good side of money of like seeing money as a friend instead of a foe? Because I think that I, I'm not too familiar with the eat the rich fr- uh, phrase, but um, whenever for example, I'm going to school right now and I forgot the low vibrations that I received from it, it specifically communications. Um, but there's a lot of low vibrations in that class because a lot of the times um, we, we create policy in the class that I'm in and the policy that we're creating, we're, uh, we are, you know, solving issues, world issues, but we're, we're all of this is like pretend, right? But a lot of the times, the policy that students are creating is like tax the rich, tax is the bracket of like people that are making 200K to 500K. And I'm like, 200K to 500K is not the rich, like it's, sorry, but it's not the rich. If you live in California, you need to be making about 300 to 400K like a year to be able to sustain yourself and your family. Cause that's just how expensive it is here, at least by the coast. Um, but because of, because of this, I think it's raising a lot of, you know, younger generations to think like being rich is bad, stay poor. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And I think that we need to have these conversations of like being quote unquote rich or quote unquote wealthy is going to mean different things to different people and stop associating it with negativity. Stop associating it with you need to work extremely hard um, and create this relationship of I just want to I just want to be able how you were saying to decide what I want to do with it and either grow it, expand it or, you know, spend it like it just depends on on everybody's scenario. But would you say that this mindset, I think, is kind of hindering us, like the the younger folk over here, uh, to believe that maybe being rich or wealthy is bad? Yeah, I think a lot of the times um, these perceptions and these beliefs around money, it's simply just a reflection of what they learned from their parents or their environment growing up. And it's very normal because, unfortunately, I would say a lot of people, majority of people, operate from an energetic frequency of lack, of limitation, of doubt and fear. Because as kids, we didn't have really the capacity to accept or reject information. We absorbed everything and adopted it as our own personal truth. Mm-hmm. So we took on the beliefs of our programming, our parents, teachers, society. And then people as adults later on, they think, you know what? Um, they still are holding on to these beliefs, which is ironically, a very heavy self-defeating misconception that okay it is a good thing to be poor or exist in lack and it's evil um to be rich because unfortunately you're going to set up yourself your life in a way where you're struggling where you are always going to be in this negative just relationship with money but money is neutral money is morally neutral it's an energy. It's non-emotional. It's us that we attach our beliefs, our emotions, our habits to it in that aspect. Um, money, from, I've always seen it as simply a blessing and a tool, just like fuel in your car. It can really help you be the bridge and the gap to achieving your goals. 
Yeah, no, no. Uh, I totally agree with you. And that this is a great segue to the next question that I was going to ask you. I want to reference another one of your videos where you discuss unhinged habits to become financially abundant. Uh, would you mind explaining this concept in depth? Yes. So in terms of, um, I spoke a few, about a few different things there. Was there any particular point that you wanted to, me to touch base on? One of the things that I touched base upon in that video was not making decisions from the current, your current reality, but where you would like to be. And we're talking the version of you three to five years, the next one to three years where you're going, not where you're at. Um, and that is a little bit controversial for some people because they think, oh, you know what, I'm not going to invest in my business or I'm not going to invest in myself or in this program until I make this amount of income or on a conditional basis. But when you when people do that unconsciously, they hold themselves back from growing and achieving results faster. So the thing is, when you do that, especially when it comes to investing in yourself, making decisions that ultimately move the needle, um, career rising within your personal growth, it's going to help you so much more. And unfortunately, a lot of people, I would say they do that backwards. They do that more in the case of spending wise or when it comes to buying things that are liabilities and not assets. And you are your most important asset. You are the best investment you will ever make in yourself. So doing that is ultimately just going to put you in touch with a version of yourself that has um, more ex expansive thoughts around money, less, I would say, um, of, your, of any beliefs that could potentially holding people back currently where they are. Yeah. And I would, I would want to add on to that, that I think I'm currently living that and going through that right now, at least being a, you know, a business owner, it has definitely helped me putting myself out there first, um, like signing up for different programs, getting different memberships, getting a financial advisor myself or my family, even though I might not be in the place that I want to be, it is so important to create systems, create accountability and a team where they are consistently checking up on you and your growth. Because then it's so much easier to achieve your goals when you have maybe, for example, like if I'm not feeling great, I already have a system built up where um, I know that I'm still going to be accountable with the goals that I have set out. And, you know, I did it on purpose because how you were mentioning, you are your biggest asset and you need to take care of your mind, your body and your spirit. And I think by um, creating systems and creating a life of ease it'll just be super easy for you to attain your goals in every single aspect. It doesn't necessarily just have to be uh, with money. So with, with that being said, I know I didn't have this question on you, but this is going to be like a very pop-up um, question. What do you think about the culture right now that we're starting to see with, cause I didn't realize this until I took a step back from TikTok and Instagram and all that. But what do you think about the a lot of the girls that are might be showing their soft life and but they have like Louis Vuitton bags, Gucci, all these name brand things and they show them off on the internet um, as like, look, this is soft life. This is what it means to be rich. This is what it means to be wealthy. 
do you think that this is also toxic? Do you think that this is going into the, the abundance mindset? Or do you think that a lot of people showing these luxurious things is a limiting belief of their own? So ironically, I would say it does kind of, um, it, it really is portraying a, a limiting belief that you have to prove yourself, that you have to prove that you are no longer not living a hard or tough life by not having these things. But I think that the question that I would ask a lot of these young girls is why do you feel the need you have to prove that? in that aspect. Um, and also the thing that the question I would ask anyone is what is your own personal definition of wealth in the sense of what is what, how are you experiencing money in life in a way that frees you personally? Because everybody has a different has a different definition of what wealth and looks like for them. And I think that subconsciously a lot of young girls, they're being sold this ideal or this kind of like cookie cutter box standard of what having money is. When the thing is, are you actually in a position to say, you know what, I'm more of creating an asset and creating a business that's creating annual recurring revenue, monthly recurring revenue. How am I ultimately um, helping growing in this process? How am I, what's my personal growth look like? Am I in a position where I am no longer uh, in terms of having certain debt or responsibilities because all of that, it's simply just like the tip of the iceberg. A lot of people don't see what's beneath it in the sense of who's funding this lifestyle and how that person is in terms of internally, financially. It's the same thing like when you see people driving Teslas or whatnot in that aspect. You don't actually know what's going on in terms of is that person investing their money wisely? Are they debt free? Or are they trying to keep up with the Chloe's of, you know, the chaotic Chloe's of the world? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that's why I'm just like, because for me personally, like, I have a few content creators in mind that I'm just like, girl, why? I, I get it, but why? And um, I think my ladies will know who I'm talking about. But I don't think it's... <laughs> It's just, it's not wise to promote this lifestyle because for example, for me, cause I kept thinking about it. I'm like, is there something wrong with the content that I'm posting? Because I don't flex. Like I'm average. Like I'm your average girly who's trying to get through the world and like understands that I have a specific lifestyle to me. And but because that's just normal, like I grew up living, you know, high middle class, like I'm used to specific things. To some people, it might be like, oh, my gosh, you're rich to a lot of other people might be like, oh, you're just middle class, whatever. I don't care. Like I, I have nothing to prove to anybody. And I I'm just like very confident. But there was a time during my career, posting, you know, TikToks and things like that, because I made a video saying like, it's expensive to have me, which it is. I mean, I invest my money in in, um, in other things. Like, I instead of getting a very expensive purse, I'm going to get myself a facial. Or I'm going to get myself, like, a very, um, like, a, a specific treatment for my body. Uh, like, there's specific, uh, like, masks that you can do on your body where um, it helps you, like, to hydrate your all over your skin. And, like, I, I get very tailored experiences in regards to that. But... Uh, but for a moment there, I was like, am I like, am I not making enough? Obviously, the numbers tell me something else. But 
like going on to TikTok, even me, someone that is posting content that is secure with, you know, with her relationship and with her finances and is not scared and is growing a business at some point, seeing so much luxury and seeing so well, quote unquote luxury and seeing these women flex these things. I was like, am I not good enough? And I, I took a step back and I was like, no, it's the fact that I just don't have that limiting belief that I have to prove something to someone. I don't have to. And um, I started to analyze a little bit more myself. And it's like, I'm not hating on these people that do this. I understand. But like it or not, whenever someone is consistently flexing, because it's okay to be proud of yourself and show like, look, I have this accomplishment. This is how much money I made. Or like, this is what I got myself with this money um, that I made through my business. Like, that's different. But if you're consistently flexing, consistently like showing like, look at what I got, look at what I have. It's just a sign of insecurity at some point you felt like you weren't good enough or didn't have something enough and now that you do have or don't have and you 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 show it it's it's a sign of insecurity and and i say this to all my ladies that think that their man is not giving them enough or maybe that they don't have enough no like listen to me no <laughs> It's just everybody has a different way of living. Everybody has different limitations, different limiting beliefs, different insecurities. And one of that, that's just not, that wasn't my insecurity. Obviously, I struggle with other things, but me having to prove myself to someone is not one of them. Does it make sense of what I'm saying? Absolutely. 100%. Amen, sister. And that, the subconscious <laughs> thing that a lot of ladies don't realize is that by flex by feeling the need to flex that is they're, they're kind of telling the world, you know what, my net worth determines my self-worth. They're tying money yes. to self-worth rather than the thing, the most price, like some of like the most intangible things that don't have a price on mm-hmm. that actually do create, I would say this internal sense of abundance, which for me is community and relationships. I really believe that the more we give, the more we receive. Um, there's just such a joy from, helping others and it's like a garden like in terms of relationships because there is nothing better than when you have people that are going with you during that certain journey you can participate and celebrate and share each other's joy and on the opposite side when people don't separate their self-worth from money and they're beating themselves up because they're like, I don't have this. Or like you're mentioning, my partner doesn't do this for me. Or if he wanted to, he would. What not? (laughs) The thing is, are you, is your spending value-based, value-aligned? That's the first question that I have for anyone. Because the thing is, you're being sold this narrative of what you should be or whatnot. But what do you actually value? What are a few things that you're like, I, I comfortably, can splurge on this self. This is like the little luxuries of life that internally make me feel good. Like you were mentioning for you, skincare is a big priority for you. And I think that's incredible because that is like, ultimately you are, that's how you nurture yourself, how you invest in your soul. And maybe for somebody else, X makes them feel great or that's how they celebrate in certain things. Or travel, they prefer travel. They like prefer a trip to somewhere that might be the same as you know that it, it just depends and I love that we're talking about this because you don't have to show everything on social media if there's one thing that I can tell you now is that I'm so envious with what I let other people know of me like I love having like my separate 
life uh, apart from social media taking this break really allowed me to see like okay wow I'm very proud of myself I'm not as bad as I thought I was I don't have to show everybody and flaunt to everybody with what I'm doing what I'm not doing what I'm thinking about it's such like a it's like such a beautiful feeling of keeping your worth, your identity to yourself and to those that are close to you than kind of like flaunting it. I don't know if that makes any sense. Nope, throwing any shade to anybody, but um, it's just like, it's a beautiful feeling once you get there. Of course, because you're, you have that internal self-confidence where, you know what, I don't need to show up in a certain way or how other people expect of me but I share what I choose. I share in terms of what I believe other people deserve to have access to. And there's a, this part portion of my life or my priorities in that aspect. This is, this is private. This is personal. This is my own personal bubble that other people, they don't need to have access to. That's it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's a beautiful thing. And all of this goes ties back into money because the way I'm telling you that I'm, to all my ladies that are listening, I am telling you, you're, the way that your relationship is with money, that's how you handle your relationships with, relationships with other things. Remember, the way that you do one thing is how you do everything. That's why I stress a lot on like romantic relationships. But um, I love that we're talking about this. This is awesome. And this leads me to my next question. What are some common mistakes you see online about financial advisors, stock market gurus, or finance bros? Yes, I would say probably one of um, some misconceptions are in terms of that having a strategy or having a plan just de- is determines everything or co- is complete the complete sole driver of your personal financial success. And I know this because as someone that was in the industry myself and I had these licenses, I had these certifications. I realized that a lot of people's choices, habits, and the reason why they got into certain problems and challenges was because they didn't realize how their past with money was shaping invisibly. Day by day, mm-hmm. their present, their perceived potential, their perceived um, prosperity, and they had all these subconscious limitations about what who they could, what they could not do, who they could cannot be, do, or have because of money or lack thereof. So. The thing is, when you ultimately revolutionize the way you talk and relate to money, you are so in a such more emotionally neutral place to actually be able to sustainably align yourself and carry on with that plan that you have when you have an accountability coach and when you have an advisor, when you're investing. Because a lot of the times people don't invest, people procrastinate on certain things or they get themselves into debt is because they haven't worked on the emotional foundation of it. They haven't worked on that psychological aspect of it. And that's why it's very hard for them to consistently have good habits. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm going to add to this because maybe the people that are or um, our audience that's listening might not know. What I recommend for all of you to do is to do your research on financial advisors. I've been very blessed with the community that I have and I've been able to partner up with different people to get me to a financial advisor that works well with my husband and I. But I'm going to tell you right now, having a financial advisor is a one of the biggest decisions I recommend. I personally recommend that has shifted my relationship 
with my um with my husband, but also my relationship with money, just because I feel so much more comfortable that someone is kind of, I don't want to say someone is monitoring me because that's not what it is, but someone's advising me. If I have a question about something, I can have my financial advisor that I could ask. He sends uh, newsletters monthly, letting us know like which credit cards to get for travel, which just things, knowledge is power. And especially when you know how to use it. And I think that, um, instead of maybe buying that luxurious bag that you wanted or those boots that you wanted those shoes those heels whatever it may be and you have a little bit of money left over let's say 200 to 300 dollars a month i recommend you start looking for a financial advisor because i have seen the shift with my relationship with money um the growth that both my husband and i are having uh and it's if you're married and if you struggle with like, okay, like how do we pay specific bills and things like that, getting a financial advisor is the best thing because you'll, he or she will act as a mediator for you and kind of give you a very like non-biased perspective just because they're just looking like how um, Kirsten was saying that money is not biased. Like it's not at all. It's just a frequency. So your financial advisor will just, give you different tips and advices for your budgeting or will tell you, for example, my financial advisor, he gives us a breakdown of certain real estate properties and their value and how it's going to look like in a couple of years. Like, I don't know any of any of all those things, but my financial advisor was teaching me in a very like kindergarten level. And now I know a lot more than what I did before I got a financial advisor. So to all my ladies that are listening, one investment that I recommend for you to do wherever you are is to try and find a financial advisor. They will save you so much money, time, effort, stress. Believe me when I say that. Sorry, I had to say that. <laughs> a little spiel. <laughs> Girl, go for it, please. Like so many more women need to hear this and realize that they're those. It's like when you're driving and you you're driving on the path of life and like you have that person telling you, hey, those are your blind spots. And they're telling you before you cross that lane, here's something you need to consider. So that's how important it is. <laughs> yes, yes, it's really, really important. Now, to close off, um, do you think closing questions? Do you think it's a good habit to reward ourselves by spending money if we've achieved a big milestone? That is a great question. So in terms of I would I would say it depends, and here's the reason why. I would say a lot of people, unfortunately, make the mistake where they're very, very frugal with themselves um, in the sense of there's, like, deprivation or there's, like, this shame that exists, and they're like, okay, I'm not going to reward myself until I achieve this, or I'm not going to treat myself well until I achieve this. Um, And the problem with that is that subconsciously it – they're kind of like re- literally tying back to what they experienced as a child where we were in school, you know what? And our parents say, you know what, if you achieve this or if you accomplish this, then I'm, I'm going to reward you with this. And subconsciously they're driving them, reinforcing the belief that I'm important, I matter because of what I do, not because I, of who I am, but when you really when you shift the perspective of like, maybe if I'm paying off debt, if that person's in the process and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to do this until I have completely liquidated um, 
the entire balance of this credit card or whatever. And they're then they're really telling themselves, you know what, I'm not worthy of treating myself or treating myself well until I achieve this. And I'm worthy because of what I do, not because who I am. And that's something that I want a lot of women to understand because I think subconsciously that also reflects in terms of like romantic relationships. Absolutely. If you treat mm-hmm. if you treat yourself well and you don't create this conditional barrier and think, you know what, I'm not going to necessarily having to wait. One thing is that you have the money to do so and you choose that date. But if you want to do it before, you absolutely do. You don't deprive yourself. You take care of yourself well so other people do. Yeah, I completely agree with you on on that. And I'm glad that, that we're talking about it because a lot of us struggle with this. It's it's I mean, you're not alone. If you struggle with this, you are not alone. It's a con it's a self-limiting belief that we all have to break through. Um and my last final question. Would you mind sharing some words of wisdom? What are the vibes for today? Just open up and give us give us some advice. Some OG advice. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I will say that in terms of when it comes to improving your relationship with money, I would something is to consider is that it's never too late and to simply see it, you know what? see yourself as that person that is in the driver's seat and that you can ultimately change the direction of where your beliefs are currently taking you. Um, Money is just an expression of energy. It is infinitely abundant and available to everyone. It's only our false beliefs about it that keep our abundance at bay. Releasing those is ultimately going to help you to start seeing so many possibilities Um, in that aspect the other thing I would say is to genuinely love and appreciate the money you have when you're so grateful for it so much more of it comes back to you Um, when you see it as a friend who's like always ready to assist you you are going to receive so much more abundance thank you oh my goodness thank you so much I receive that I take that and I hope our ladies also take that um that is going to conclude this segment of the episode I will be releasing this on a Sunday you know the the drill thank you so much Kirsten for your time and for your words of wisdom and for all your advice and for what you do keep doing you and I will be seeing everybody soon